Hello and welcome to the second series of Cancer Talk, the podcast that explores the benefits of integrative oncology, an approach that brings together standard oncology practice with a raft of lifestyle and complementary approaches in order to provide broader, more holistic care to improve quality of life and outcomes for people with cancer. I'm Robin Daly, founder of Yes to Life, the UK's integrative cancer care charity. I'm one of the hosts for the podcast. Series one of Cancer Talk was aimed at initiating conversations about integrative oncology and bridging the gap between mainstream and integrative medicine practitioners. And the Series 1 episodes are still available from yestolife.org.uk forward slash podcasts and major podcast platforms. Hello, I'm Dr. Pendia Hayoglu. I'm an NHS clinical oncologist and co-host for the podcast. And in addition to treating patients with all the regular modalities in use within healthcare, I have a passion for integrating evidence-supported lifestyle and complementary medicine into patient protocols. I've witnessed firsthand the enormous benefits this can deliver to patients and their carers. So in series two of the podcast, we are planning focused conversations with healthcare professionals, working directly with people with cancer and applying integrative oncology in contemporary clinical practice with the aim of strengthening the clinical voice and evidence for integration, influencing the wider community, including academia and research, and beating the case for an integrated UK model of care. Hi, Penny. Good to be back for another Cancer Talk podcast. Hi, Robin. Lovely to see you. Uh, today, we're going international. We're speaking to Constantina Stilianu. Uh, she's an integrative medicine practitioner working at the German Oncology Center. Uh, that's located in Cyprus. And I believe you visited there, Penny. I have indeed. And we're going to talk about all, all about that. Great. Uh, so Constantina's got expertise in general practice, post-surgical and pain management, as well as acupuncture, oriental medicine, herbal medicine, nutrition, all sorts. So welcome, Constantina. Well, thank you for having me. It's lovely to see you both and lovely to see you again, Penny. Thank you. You too, Costadina. Lovely to have you. Okay, so maybe, Costadina, you'd like to start out by telling us what being an integrative medicine practitioner means to you and how you came to choose to follow this particular path for your career. So, uh, practicing integrative medicine, I think it's uh, more of a lifestyle, I would say. And what led me here was... I think like majority of the people following the oncology path is mostly personal experiences. I, my mom was diagnosed uh, with cancer when I was young and I lost a patient. I lost a very good friend of mine uh, very early in her age, around 30s. And I was really looking um, how I can manage their symptoms and their side effects coming into the conventional oncology practices. So after I was researching everything, I became very passionate about the field and I started my studies in that particular field. I agree. It does seem to be very often the case that people who find themselves in integrative medicine, it's some personal experience they've had that's led them there. Um, okay, great. Uh, and But out of integrative medicine, you've chosen oncology. 
was it this one experience led you particularly to that or um was it more than that i think that the personal experience that's what led me to oncology uh mostly um and then when i started seeing patients in clinic i fall in love with it and uh, i try to uh find ways to help the patients and through my studies uh when I did my first degree in Chinese medicine, I saw how acupuncture can really help ease those side effects of the patients. Like if they have nausea and vomiting, we really, uh, saw that they could benefit so much from it. And yeah, it's very empowering, isn't it? To find that you can actually improve these things. So, Costadina, you've done extensive studies in integrative medicine oh, in, in yes. the US, I believe, and and you continue, obviously, the service in Cyprus. Do you want to tell us about your studies? So, I started my first degree in Chinese medicine. I moved when I was 18 years old to UK in London, and I um, started my first degree in uh, traditional Chinese medicine. And I, during that time, it was very hospital-based, our training. And I always try to find ways uh, to mo- to see mostly patients with uh, cancer and mostly oncology patients. All my uh, tutors and mentors, they knew that I was in love with oncology. So they tried to guide me as much as possible through that path. After I completed my first degree in Chinese medicine, I, I was also interested a lot in nutrition. And I wanted to dive more deep into that and see how a, speci- uh, a particular cancer can benefit from a certain diet. So I completed my uh, master's degree in nutrition and health. And again, there I was very focused in oncology again. I only wanted to practice that. So I tried to find all the research, all the data about specific diets and how they can benefit the uh, specific diagnosis because as you know a lot of uh, diagnosis can vary uh, on what the nutritional needs mm. can be it's not one size fits all and this is what we're trying to do in uh, integrative medicine and then i i wanted to dive more more deep into that and in europe i could not find something that would uh, fit my needs so I decided to relocate to the US and I found uh, a doctoral degree in uh, acupuncture and oriental medicine. It's called uh, DAOM and I took my chances and relocated for the first time in the US, first time ever visiting the US um, to do, to complete my doctoral degree and that's where I did my residency in integrative oncology and integrative medicine and um that's where my passion uh started and that's that where... like a true dedication to me Costadina. yeah <laughs> it is i always i always knew i wanted to do oncology so my path was very focused on that do you know what i'm interested in because obviously you cross countries you saw many many practices Clearly, you wanted to dip further because you found that there was an unmet need. What did you see the difference between US and UK, maybe, and Europe in general? I saw that, unfortunately, in Europe, we were very, uh, we didn't have all the, um, the clinical practices in a hospital that can combine integrative on 
medicine and integrative oncology together. I in the in Europe I saw more private practices, I would say, even though in the NHS they were offering acupuncture, but it was more sleep or pain management. Whereas in the US they were um already established integrative medicine departments in a, in cancer hospitals that had different modalities and different practices. So I knew that if I wanted to make my dream happen, I knew that I had to go and relocate there and get the experience and the knowledge from those departments and from those establishments. Interesting, yeah. And uh, in terms of proper integration in that way of actually having an integrated medicine department in oncology, yes, uh, America's been at it for much longer than, well, we haven't really even started in the UK. Uh, and uh, yeah, the track record and the experience they've gained from that obviously is very important, and I can see why you'd want to go there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and then you get back to Cyprus. Yes. After all of this, I've decided that you know I wanted I wanted to come back home. I don't know Greeks and Cypriots. No matter where we go in the world, we always tend to come back here. It's a beautiful island, and I wanted to come back and help my uh, my people. And it's a small country and we all know each other. And I wanted to get all those gifts that I've learned all over the world to come back uh, and help my own people. Raving. Mm. So uh, here you are at the German Oncology Center. So out of interest, why is it the German Oncology Center in <laughs> Cyprus? And maybe you can tell us about your work there, what your vision is for, for being at that center. So the owner of the hospital, Dr. Zabobler, uh, he used to live in Germany for majority of his career. He was a professor in Germany. And like everyone else, he wanted to come back and bring all this knowledge back to his country. So the hospital is called German Oncology Center for this uh, main reason. And majority of the doctors here, they're also relocated from Germany as uh, well. Uh. Um, yeah, that's why it's called German Oncology Center. Out of all the countries in Europe, probably Germany, and Germany is best known for uh, pushing integration forward. And, you know, it's got a kind of long established uh, tradition, if you like, of uh, bringing in other modalities into uh, cancer care and uh, quite a lot of the clinics, the private clinics are they're well known worldwide for the work they've done. So I, I can see why uh, calling it the German Oncology Centre actually says something about what you're doing there. Um, so uh, yeah, very interesting. So how, how about for yourself? So you, you've chosen to work there. What's your vision for being there? So um, actually, it was very hard to relocating back to Cyprus. So even though the, all of the doctors came back from Germany, they were not aware of integrative medicine at all. Uh. They were not aware of integrative oncology. It was uh, very, the terms was very new to them. Uh. They thought it was uh, an alternative medicine. So it was, I would say, a very difficult challenge to set up the first integrative medicine department in the country. Uh, not only because of the physicians were not aware of that, but the patients, they did not know a lot about the term either. They were looking about 
complementary medicines to support their journey, but they was very mystical. They were going outside. They were scared to say to their oncologist or to their primary care team that they were doing something besides conventional medicine because of that taboo about not being safe and not being um, about, you know, accepted by their oncologist. So it, it was a very big challenge, I would say to uh, set up the department. It wasn't easy. Ooh, how interesting. How did you do it? So with a lot of determination and love, there was a lot of times that I was like, why did I come back? But my love and passion about integrative medicine did not let me give up. So um, I was fortunate that the owner of the hospital was keen about the patient-centered approach. So he really helped me establish uh, the department, but also um, giving presentation to my colleagues, let, you know, educating them about the term of integrative medicine, you know, making them feel safe that it's not alternative medicine, that is a way of bringing the two worlds together, the complementary medicine world and the conventional medicine world together and that our aim was not to you know tell patients not to do their chemotherapy or not to do their conventional treatment but our aim was to help them you know uh, help their patients and their patients having a better quality of life and showing showing them the data showing them the research out there that you know it's not uh if you believe it works the data shows that we have a lot of practices that we can support the patients and their and their efficient and also their guidelines. We have, you know, proper guidelines now that our SIO and NASCO released for pain guidelines, for anxiety and depression guidelines. So I was bringing all of those, uh, I, you know, research and data and studies and guidelines to them and keeping them lecture after lecture and educating them. Um, and slowly, slowly, uh, they started trusting. Mm. And, um, I'm also fortunate that we live in a small country. So when a patient comes, usually they talk with each other. And then my colleagues saw that, you know, it works. That patient really benefited from the guidelines or the acupuncture or the exercise or the meditation and they kept referring uh, patients back. And now we're very busy, actually. Perfect. So we're very happy. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like you've been incredibly determined and uh, just really stuck to it. Uh, and I can really see how valuable it was to you to make that move to America and to actually experience the uh, integration in action, not in theory, but actually <clears throat> in practice and be able to bring back all that experience and the learning you you had through uh, being involved with the SIO, the Society for Integrative Oncology, all the work they've done in establishing it as a, a respectable form of medicine and not just some wacky alternative, um, very valuable. Exactly. And since we mentioned the SIO, um, we always help each other. So they lend a hand as well. So my colleagues from MD Anderson, uh, gave a talk to my uh, fellow um, physicians here and, you know, they talked to them about their practice and MD Anderson and how 
they've been doing it and how they've been helping the patients for 20 years now. So yeah, I'm glad exactly. about having good colleagues. Yeah, it's a good track record. Um, yeah, anyway, that, that situation you described in Cyprus is very like Britain. The only thing that's different, I'd say, is that the patients here are interested. A lot of them are. There's a great deal of patient interest and understanding that there's a lot on offer outside of conventional oncology that could help them. Um, but oncology itself is still quite resistant and uh, there's still a big gap and that reluctance to communicate because it's likely to be seen badly that you're doing other things and all the fear of, of conflict of medicines and all that kind of thing. So it's quite similar in that way, but it's very good to hear of your success and also the kind of route that you've taken to it, which is very solid and science-based and uh, you really uh, carried all your fellow practitioners forward into a new era, so to speak. Yes, thank you. Yes. It was a challenge, but we made it happen. <laughs> <laughs> I visited them. The German Oncology Center. I was very privileged to be there in May. Um, and I saw from the time I got into the center, everything is about the patient. Even the design of the center is about the patient, what you've put on the walls, your chemo suite, your dialysis suite, the garden. Maybe you, you can talk about that a bit and how you integrated your department within literally the chemotherapy unit. Yes. So like you said, our hospital will say it's a, it's a very beautiful place to be in. You don't really feel you're in a hospital. Um, we have a beautiful prayer garden that oversees the whole city, the sea, and it's a beautiful view. So we have patients that are impatient and they want to go outside uh, to the garden and our nurses will carry them on the beds, you know, taking them outside so for, from, for some fresh air. Our building is packed with art and pop art. So they have a lot of fresh colors and fresh um, feeling to it. So when patients walk in, they're like feeling that I'm not in that hospital-based environment. So they feel more safe, more secure. We also have um, music therapy. We have a piano that plays every day at the canteen area where patients or their family, uh, while where they're waiting, they can um, stay there and uh, they can enjoy the music, relax a bit and, you know, let the fear behind them for some time. So um, how I established my, my department uh, throughout the hospital is I was trying to get the modalities to the patients directly. We have a bit of a problem with our spaces at the moment, which uh, is getting, uh, our department is getting built uh, right uh, right now. So our issue will be solved very soon. Uh, but for three years now, we're trying to uh, get the services to the patients directly to resolve this issue and trying to see as many patients as possible. For example, we go upstairs, our team goes upstairs to the ward and we do acupuncture to the patients uh, for different type of uh, modalities. If they have pain, if they have nausea, or if they feel very stressed and anxious. Uh, well, we have an art teacher that will go upstairs to the ward again and spend time to the, with the patients. And um, 
you know, draw with them and spend time with them. Um, we have yoga therapy that will, uh, uh, that patients and actually, um, people that work here can take place, uh, they can participate to let the stress and the anxiety of the day, you know, pass by. And, um, we have an exercise rehabilitation team and a breast cancer, uh, group classes, uh, where, you know, the women can support each other and exercise together and get strong together. So we're trying to, you know, make it work as much as possible. Oh, I'm going to send, uh, an acupuncturist upstairs to their daycare unit where patients will get their chemotherapy and they will do some acupressure or some ear acupuncture points while they're doing their chemotherapy to, you know, try to minimize their side effects as much as possible. Amazing. Uh, uh, incredible range of things. It, literally, uh, uh, all these things, you've introduced them. Uh, true? Yes. Amazing. I was, <laughs> I it mean, was me introducing them to everyone. <laughs> yeah, you should be extremely proud of what you've done. I mean, it's, a, it's an Did amazing you? achievement. If, you, if there, there was no complementary therapy at that clinic before, and you've changed it in the way you've described this extraordinary achievement. And uh, the, the change is the one, the change of culture, the change of mindset, the change of, uh, you know, the, um, well, this, what you've done there is actually really is patient-centered. It's not just talking about patient-centered. You've actually done the things that patients really appreciate. You've obviously designed things to uh, think about their feeling of safety, how, how they feel in your environment, that kind of thing, which is completely different to having a system that you run and then patients turn up and they have to fit into it. It's just a totally different way of looking at healthcare. But how, how long has it taken you to achieve what you've done? Three years until now. Wow. <laughs> That's not long in medical terms at all. <laughs> Things do, do not change that fast in, in medicine. Yeah, it's been um, the first one and a half year was very slow. Uh, it was very uh, reluctant still, but you know, slowly, slowly, and the, the the you know, being in clinic and showing the results big from themselves. So mm -hmm. yeah. it started to build trust, and it just everything was put together. Oh, well, you're right. If you can get the chance to give it a go, you can very quickly demonstrate that it works. But if you're never given the chance, then, of course, it can always be talked about as a load of woo-woo that doesn't really, uh, you know, do anything. And I love what you said, bringing the services to the patient. And I think having all of those services under one roof, it's really important. There is no separation between the classical therapy the treatment patient gets and integrative medicine. They are all under one roof. Fantastic. So... Uh... Maybe you want to just go on to talk a little bit about research and the importance of research in integrative oncology. Obviously, you already said how you're able to bring evidence, guidelines, all these kind of things, and those are the result of many, many years of research. Uh, and it's not just important in establishing where we are now, but ongoingly in broadening the service, improving the service. Do you want to say uh, about your thoughts about research and your involvement? I can't stress enough how research can change the world of integrative medicine. If you think about it, 15 to 20 years before, the word integrative medicine was not mm, existent. Right. It, was, it was just alternative medicine. Even 
the National Institute of Health was named um, as an NCI was named as alternative medicine, you know, and then this changed towards integrative medicine because of all the hard work our colleagues have done in this field. They have demonstrated that, you know, re, uh, these modalities have shown efficacy and they're safe. Not only they work, they're safe to be used uh, for those patients. And, you know, this is what transformed the field of integrative medicine and specifically integrative oncology, the research and the data and the guidelines. So research is something that we should take into consideration and try to take it even a step further and, you know, show that our modalities are safe and effective moving even more. Mm, absolutely. Um, so, uh, Penny tells me you've recently hosted a hugely successful integrative oncology research workshop in Cyprus, uh, collaborating with the SIO. Can you tell us about that? Yes. So the workshop took place, uh, end of May. It was a group effort of uh, the Global Task Committee of the Society for Integrative Oncology. It was, I would say, kind of a last minute put together, but I think it came uh, up a very beautiful uh, workshop and successful workshop. Um, our aim was that to show the research of integrative oncology and how we can successfully run uh, clinical trials to move this uh, for move this field forward. Uh, so it was very based on research. Um, it took place in Limassol, which is uh, a very beautiful city in uh, Cyprus. And our aim was to you know try to attract more Europeans and Middle East because all the conferences of SIL usually take place in, in the United States. And we wanted to, you know, become more international in this aspect. So that's why it was held in Cyprus for the first time. And we attracted a lot of people from um, Korea. We had people coming from Colombia. Penny came from the UK. We had Italians, a lot of Greeks and Cypriots, which actually it really helped. Um, it really helped me and it really helped my colleagues to see uh, and get a feeling from the experts from the field. So, um, and incorporate those modalities in, and the charities and the nonprofit organizations, which we're trying to set up at the moment. And it was a beautiful, successful workshop, well, I believe. Right. It was absolutely amazing, Constantina. And the beautiful thing about it is, as you say, the international character of it and the presentations were just um, absolutely amazing to learn what other countries are doing, you know, Italy, Israel, these, these are, I guess, um, world-class centers that we need to learn from. It's like yours, you know, you are one of them. And to seeing actually the outcomes that are coming out of research, what, how powerful would that be? As you say, we collaborate forces, join forces, and make that data even richer, isn't it? Well, yes, that's the most important thing, to collaborate forces to move this field forward, because individuals, we can do a lot as a team. We can, you know, succeed much more. And I believe in research, it's very important to create collaborations. 
and multi-center approaches and multi-center studies to, you know, have more patient inside to be more uh, proven and more um, strong. Mm. Mm. So uh, do you see yourself taking this forward based on what you did in this particular event? Do you got plans for the future? Yes, I'm already working uh, with uh, colleagues from Israel doing a, a questionnaire-based study for integrative oncology. And our aim is to, uh, at this moment, work more into uh, research and collaborate with colleagues maybe from the UK since we have the same uh, medical system uh, with uh, uh, NHS. So we're trying to see how we can collaborate and do more clinical studies together. Mm. Excellent. And I remember you were looking at different grants as well, which are big European grants and, and certainly, you know, in the UK will be more than delighted to collaborate with you. Yes, there's a lot of European grants at the moment that um, we can apply. And um, usually you, there's a lot of, and there's an option for multi-center uh, for these grants. So um, that's actually a benefit. If you have multi-center uh, research, it's a benefit for the grant as mm, well. That's good. Yeah, it's, uh, as you say, the, it actually becoming much more international about the, carrying this movement forward is incredibly important. There's a kind of isolationist view of particular countries that are like, this is the way we do it in our country. It really stops progress, I think, because, you know, one country can move ahead drastically and it, it hasn't necessarily affected other countries at all. But now with this level of international collaboration, it's kind of, you can't ignore the evidence that's has been built up in other countries. So <laughs> that's, that's a very uh, positive change, I think. Okay. So, yeah, Cyprus, this little country, uh, and yet you're causing quite a stir there in integrative oncology. Uh, what, what do you think are the key factors to your ability to succeed in the way you have in Cyprus? I think education really taking the time to educate my colleagues about how can, patients can benefit from the services of integrative medicine. Education is the key in moving forward because a lot of uh, colleagues, they, have, they don't recommend it because they don't know what is if integrative medicine. And usually what you don't know, that's what you fear. So giving, you know, moving forward and, you know, Removing that barrier of not knowing what if what is it, and giving them the knowledge and the tools to understand. That's how I think it helped me bridge that gap and create that more integration in the hospital. I'm absolutely with you on that. Education is key, and. Obviously, UK is a, is a bigger place and that is going to take a bit longer. But we have seen some movement, Robin, haven't we, over the last we have. years with the BSL? We have. Yeah. Now, it's interesting because the, the environment you described there is, uh, it sounds like it was no better than the UK in terms of re receptivity for your ideas. But you've managed to move the needle significantly, uh, which, you know, gives a lot of hope for what we can do here. But uh, 
yeah, we'd love to see some of the uh, attitudes and developments and, and cultural change that you've uh, managed to achieve there throughout our health service here. This is what Penny and I would love to see. I'm sure it will happen. And um, the application that Dr. Penny built, the Ankayo app, it? has been actually a very good source for my patients. So I'm Great. sure that uh, it can help a lot of patients in the UK and a lot of colleagues uh, in the UK, you know, learning what is integrative medicine and how they can practice some of those modalities. My patients have given me really positive feedback. Great about that because they can take it home and they can do it while I'm not there. And there's a lot of patients that we can't reach because we're still a small department. And so I taught my nurses and the nursing staff to tell them about this app and show them a couple of, you know, acupressure and meditation practice they can reach. So I think the app will really help uh uk as well oh that's great to know Constantina. yeah so uh just to wrap up i just maybe a, a bit of a, a longer term view i was just thinking well what's the what's the biggest thing that's happened in integrative oncology in the last few years from your point of view and, and where do you think things should go in the next five years where should we be looking i think the most successful thing that we've done as integrative oncology is the guideline because guidelines is a huge aspect of, uh, you know, moving forward the field. When there's guidelines, official guidelines, that's how you know that all these modalities have been shown to be effective and safe to be used. The data, the research are all there. For example, with the pain guidelines, we know that when breast cancer patients take aromatase inhibitors drugs and they have pain, acupuncture can really benefit those patients um, receiving um, the drug. So, or with the new anxiety and depression guidelines, you know, music therapy, meditation has been shown efficient and safe. So moving forward, I believe that we should concentrate more on the guidelines and make it more up accessible to patients and also with guidelines you can make it into uh, the medical system to create reimbursements and that's a dream i think yeah absolutely, absolutely. yes science is key and research will bring more of those so it's all interrelated exactly wow it's been really inspiring talking to you. Just hearing what you've achieved in three years, I'm just absolutely gobsmacked. Um, uh, incredible achievement, and uh, uh, it gives a lot of hope for for what how quickly things can change, how quickly attitudes can change, uh, and how quickly we may be able to bring a far kinder, more supportive environment to people with cancer. I agree because that's the that's the goal. A patient doesn't want to go through their journey with only the medications. They need more than that. They they want a more of integration. You know, there are medications to help them, but at the same time, have a better quality of life, not losing the treatment because of the toxicity and building up. And we can do that. And we can actually support the patients having 
their journey easier and having a better quality of life throughout that. Uh, Let's learn from you, Constantina. Thank you for doing what you do. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you very much to talking with us today. Bye. Thank you for listening to Cancer Talk. Do subscribe and look out for the next edition of our podcast. And if you have friends and colleagues interested in the development of UK cancer care, do pass on the details of Cancer Talk. Goodbye.